Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast Radio. Welcome back to Southeast Radio's Business Matters with me, Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, the business model canvas is a simple but highly effective strategy tool that has delivered phenomenal results for business owners throughout the world. I'm delighted that the man who is responsible for creating this tool, Alex Osterwalder, joins me now on the phone. Alex, we'll be discussing the business model canvas and its effectiveness in delivering results for business owners. But first, I'd like to hear about your own background. Thanks for having me. Great pleasure to be part of this. So I did a PhD on the topic of business models at the University of Lausanne. And then, you know, after living in Thailand for a year, I came back to Switzerland, worked with my former PhD supervisor, Yves Pinier, again, and then eventually, you know, really uh, went into the topic of business models by writing a book and then building a company around around that and then really going deep into uh, growth and transformation, working with uh, large established companies around the world. Now, you are famous for inventing the business model canvas, but what was the trigger for you to create such a model? Yeah, so the beginning was actually my PhD dissertation. I worked with uh, uh, Professor Yves Pignor at the University of Lausanne um, 20 years ago by now, and he was looking for somebody who would help him capture the essence of what a business model is uh, so we could build a computer-based design, you know, like a computer-aided design for architects around that. So we had to rigorously try to figure out what is a business model. Seems obvious, right? Everybody would know, but it turns out there were very many different opinions. People were talking about different things. So we came up with a synthesized model that we tested in the market, and that was the origin. And then it took off because it was very visual, practical, and simple. So for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with the business model canvas, what is it? And what results can it deliver for an organization? It's a very simple, practical, visual strategic tool that allows you to sketch out your business model. You know, it could be an idea that you have when you're starting out, either as a, as a startup entrepreneur or as a corporate venture, to take it out of your head and put it on paper. Or as a team, you know, to have a shared language to map it out. Or on the other hand, if you're an established company, you know, small, medium-sized, or even a large corporation, uh, this is a tool that allows you to visualize an existing business model with uh, a shared language. And very simply, it has nine building blocks uh, that you define. These are the nine building blocks of a business model. Who are your customers? What's your value proposition for each customer? Which channels do you reach them? What relationship do you establish? How do you make money? And then what we call the backstage, you know, what are the resources and activities and partners that you need to do that, and what does it cost you? And if you map out those nine building blocks, you can visualize any business model in any industry. So it's really just a shared visual language that helps us have a better communication around business models. And is the business model canvas applicable to any organization of any size, irrespective of the sector or industry which it operates within? Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, the, the funny thing. And what was surprising is the adoption, you know, from the startup world to the large corporate world where you have uh, companies like MasterCard, Nestle, GE, all using the business small canvas. So why is that? Well, every organization has a business model. 
It's just that most of them don't make it explicit. And, you know, every business model has nine components. It turns out it doesn't matter if you're in pharma, you have customer segments. You might have more or less than if you're in another industry, but you have customer segments. In every industry, you have a value proposition. In every industry, you have revenue streams. Otherwise, you're going to die. So the components of the business model are the same across every industry and area. Obviously, the content is going to widely differ. So the business model canvas doesn't give you the answers of what you put into the boxes, but it gives you the shared language to discuss the business model. And what's fascinating, again, if you're small or big, you know, a one-person company or a 10,000-person company, you have a business model, and the components are exactly the same. And what are companies using the business model canvas for? Is it something that they use to plot the existing business model on, or are some of them using it also with a view to being aspirational about what they want to achieve in the future? It's a very broad tool, right? So it allows you, and that's the fun part with the business model canvas, you can start sketching out a business model that doesn't exist. It's just an idea in your head or that you have as a founding team or again, you know, you have it in your corporate innovation practice, so you can do this kind of greenfield operation. On the other hand, of course, a lot of organizations, and you know, I can mention a couple, for example, at MasterCard, they just wanted a shared language so everybody in the product team could visualize a business model. So everybody could articulate who are the customers, what are we offering them, and how are we creating value for customers and the organization. So in their case, They use it as a shared language to map out existing business models. So two very different use cases. That's just two. You know, once this uh, business model canvas became a global phenomenon, which, you know, took us by surprise, we knew it worked. We didn't expect the adoption to go to millions of people, literally. We saw very different uses. Some people use it for mergers and acquisitions. Some people use it as a dashboard. Some people, you know, use it to communicate corporate strategy. So there are very many different ways you can apply it. At the, at the, you know, at the, at, at the end, it has one uh, you know, goal in the middle, which is visualize your business model. And there are very many different contexts where you need to do that. Again, mergers and acquisitions, testing business ideas, etc., etc. And for any business owner that's listening to this morning's show and goes off and downloads the business model canvas, what advice have you got for them in terms of how to utilize it best? So it really depends what you're trying to do. Let's say you're an entrepreneur, you know, either as a a funded entrepreneur uh, trying to scale a business or you're somebody who just has an idea in mind and you want to get started as an individual or maybe with a couple of uh, colleagues or friends. Well, what you need to really keep in mind is that, you know, ideas don't really matter. (laughs) The starting point doesn't actually matter that much. So when you sketch out a new idea, just always assume that you're going to be wrong. It might sound brilliant, but what you really want to do is combine this with uh, uh, two other tools or processes, if you want, which is customer development by Steve Blank and the agile engineering and lean startup movement from Eric Ries. So it's the combination of these things that makes it very powerful. Shape your business idea with the business small canvas and then go and test it with customer development and lean startup, which means assume that you're wrong, <laughs> that you need to ask yourself, okay, what needs to be true for my business idea to work? Right? I just sketched it out in the business small canvas. What needs to be true for this to work? This will give you the assumptions, the hypothesis 
that you need to go and test systematically. And once you start testing, talking to customers, building prototypes, you know, having conversations around willingness to pay, you will learn that you are probably very wrong. And then you will adapt your idea very quickly and iterate, or you know, in the jargon, we call it pivot, you will try again. And you know, the really hard part in innovation and entrepreneurship is not the idea. It's actually turning the idea into a great value proposition and business model. So combine it with processes, customer development and lean startup, and don't just limit yourself to the business model canvas. You know, download the other tools like the value proposition canvas or the test card and the learning card. There's a whole series of tools that you want to use. You want to become an innovation or entrepreneurship surgeon. You know, if you really want to do this right, think of yourself as an innovation or entrepreneurship surgeon. This is not amateurish anymore. You know, this, is, this is becoming a real profession that you can learn. That's absolutely fascinating. Next, I'd like to talk to you about your business strategizer and the services which it provides. Yeah, so, you know, after, you know, once you have a book that sells in the millions, you have to ask yourself, what are you going to do? Um, we could have gone on and just built a consulting company or a training company, but I wasn't terribly excited about that. So uh, my co-founder and I, Alan Smith and I, we asked, you know, what could we really do? You know, how could we really make a difference and create an impact? So we decided to build a software platform, Strategizer, that allows you to do this entrepreneurship and innovation in a systematic way on a platform. What I mean with that is everything I just mentioned, the processes, right? Sketching out a business model collaboratively. Well, great, you can do that on paper, and there's a space for that. But often you want to have this digital version, and you want to collaborate across the globe. So you know, having a platform to do that is a great start. But then more importantly, when you start testing your hypothesis, you want to capture the data and insights from your experiments. Well, if you have a software tool to do that, that will help you a lot. Now, on an individual basis, one team or so, probably you know you could get you get along with paper pretty well. But now imagine if you're a corporation and you have a hundred teams every year, and this is what what is happening at companies like Bayer or Bosch, definitely at other companies like Amazon or, or Pingan in China, you have many many teams doing this. You can't manage this kind of dynamic process without software. If you're a senior leader, you want to visualize the portfolio of your innovation projects that are happening out there. You want to understand the risk profile of each project. You want to understand the financial potential of these projects. So what we're building with Strategizer is the growth and transformation platform for large companies like Nestle, MasterCard, Bayer, Bosch, etc. around the world. That was what we, you know, went out you know, we started out to do that in in uh, 2010 and now uh, 10 years later we have you know a couple of really nice clients that are using the platform and are using our tools that's really fun trying to change the world also obviously very very difficult you know to uh, get these large organizations to change their behavior and become innovation surgeons and of course you're the lead author of the best selling book business model generation. But what were the key messages in this book that you wanted to share with entrepreneurs? There, you know, what we really wanted to get across is 
if you really understand business models, not just you know products and technologies, and you understand how to prototype and test business models, you will really start to gain a competitive advantage. So that was 10 years ago, and we didn't know everything we know now. So back in that book, we focused on only on the business model part, and you know sold quite a few copies that millions of people started to use these tools. And then we combined it with, uh, with uh, 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 Steve Blank's uh, customer development movement to bring in the process as well. So when we launched the next book, Value Proposition Design, we really emphasized that it's not just about sketching out your ideas, sketching out your business models and value propositions, but really testing them. And we're launching a new book in uh, April, <laughs> this, coming, uh, this, uh, this coming April, which is called The Invincible Company. And this is really targeted at entrepreneurs and large established companies to show them that, you know, if you really want to get good at this and you want to stay ahead of everybody else, you want to gain a competitive advantage, you can't just do this once. You need to constantly reinvent yourself. And that requires a completely different mindset, completely different culture. So you're not just happy with doing this once, but doing this, you know, in a serial way. So every established company needs to learn how to build a little Silicon Valley within. Now, you mentioned the term competitive advantage, but one area that entrepreneurs struggle with when it comes to a competitive advantage is that it's very, very difficult to have a unique and sustainable competitive advantage. Yeah, so I'd go further and, you know, use uh, Rita McGrath's work. So Rita is a, a scholar at Columbia University, and she talked about the end of the competitive advantage. She just came out with a new book, wonderful, about seeing around corners, right? So there is no such thing as a competitive advantage anymore. But you can start working on, to use Rita's words, a transient advantage. So you can keep an advantage for a certain amount of time. Now, here's the thing. What worked 20 years ago doesn't work anymore. So you used to be able to create your space based on one product innovation or one technology innovation, and then protect that maybe for decades or more. The problem is today, this is a dead, a dead, dead battle. You can't win just by technology innovation and product innovation or price differentiation alone. This is not possible anymore, anymore given the speed you know, of competitors catching up. So what you really need to be able to do today, there are two aspects that can give you a certain transient advantage if you want. The first one is learn how to build better business models. Compete on business models. Don't compete on products, technologies, or price. That is a dead game. You need to compete on superior business models. And if you look at, you know, um, take Apple with the App Store, that's what keeps keeps them ahead. It's not the iPhone or the technology alone. It's what they built around it, right? Or if you take uh, other platforms, you know, um, like DD, uh, you know, similar to Uber uh, ride sharing, what keeps them ahead is their competitive advantage built around the number of drivers and the number of customers that they have, which is practically impossible to copy overnight. So that is one aspect. But the other aspect, and this is more for the established companies, it's very hard to stay ahead based on the business models you have today and what's happening to many industries 
is their business models are die, dying. They're expiring. I like to say, you know, business models expire like a yogurt in the fridge. Hmm. Take the pharma business model. It's dead. The one they had, you know, for a long time, blockbuster drugs. Take banking. The business model of banking is dead. You know, they're being disrupted by technology competitors. So the only thing you can do as an established company today is constantly reinvent yourself. And the best companies, and I would put Amazon and Ping An, uh, you know, Chinese uh, banking and insurance conglomerate in that space, the only thing you can do is why you're successful, already invent your own future. And that means you need to stay humble. You need to be obsessed by the fact that you will be disrupted if you don't start inventing the future today. That means sometimes self-disrupting, or it means building new spaces where you can compete. So if I take Ping An, for example, eight years ago, very, a very short time ago, they were focused on banking and insurance. And then they decided, the founder, Peter Ma, decided that they needed to become a technology player. They needed to compete against Google, Apple, uh, Tencent, Alibaba. So in eight years, they transformed themselves from a banking and insurance conglomerate to a technology player. Today, Ping An runs the biggest health platform on the planet, Good Doctor, 170 million users. I don't, you know, hear this from UBS, Credit Suisse, or Barclays, that they're going into new spaces to invent the future. So that's what's required. You can't be happy what you have today with your business models today. You need to invent the business models of tomorrow. And too few companies are doing that. That's why many of them are going to die. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Alex Osterwalder, the creator of the Business Model Canvas. And on next week's Business Matters, we will play the second part of Alex's interview, where he'll reveal how to build a business model for the future. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.